Hello and welcome to today's episode, podcast episode number three. We're talking about upside down vocal support, that there is no substitute for good writing. And I'm going to talk to you about knowing what you want. This is the Pro Vocal Artist Podcast. My name is Gemma. I help singers become artists, release their own music, perform their own music, unlock their potential, develop their personal brand online, grow a fan base, sing better, just be better. Yeah. If you want to find out anything about any of that is in the description below. So check it out. Uh, You can book a coaching call with me if you like to find out if I could be the right mentor for you. Okay, so upside down vocal support. Okay, so let me give you a bit of context. I, from the age of 15 through to the age of about 24, I trained classically, meaning I sang soprano and I was a lyric soprano. And my first singing teacher was very excited about this kind of music and I was very excited about her and singing and I wanted to impress her. So I was like, whatever you're into, I'm into. I ended up going to college and studying it as a degree and doing a master's in it. And then I emerged out of college thinking, I'm not sure this is me. And I also ended up getting students and started teaching. And I really enjoyed that. I knew that was something I wanted to do in my life. And they all wanted to sing Adele songs. And I couldn't I couldn't demonstrate the Adele uh, quality timbre. And I was like, oh, okay, we need to fix this. So I ended up going down a rabbit hole, figuring out, just going to these like voice conferences and getting Skype lessons online with all these different vocal coaches and trying to figure out how do I change my classical sound to a pop sound. And the big transformation moment for me was vowel modification because I already had, I I suppose, gotten to grips with being in my body and, you know, releasing my diaphragm on the in-breath and engaging my lower abdominal wall for support. But how my vocal folds were coming together and how my vowels were formed were, was not correct for pop. And now the caveat here is that even though I had developed a classical breathing technique, that doesn't mean that that was totally transferable either because it's an interactive system. So once you change what the vowel is doing and once you change what the vocal fold is doing, it's going to implicate the pressures below the vocal folds because the pressure below the vocal folds, the air that's in your lungs, is always in conversation with the pressures above the vocal folds, which is the result of the vowel you've chosen to sing. Whether you're singing an ah or you're singing a ah, they're two different timbres, two different uh, acoustic energy levels in your vocal tract that is in conversation with the below the vocal folds in the lungs. So my breath management had to kind of adapt as well to the new style. But what helped me do this, when I learned classical, I feel like I learned supporting the voice from the bottom up. And once I started working in pop technique and focusing on vowel modification being the catalyst for change in my voice from converting from classical to pop, it became more helpful for me to think of supporting the voice from the top down. So supraglottally above the vocal folds, adapting what I'm doing and allowing then that to interact and and feedback to what the vocal folds are doing, which in turn feeds back to what the breath is doing below the vocal folds. 
And that was really, really helpful for me. And it wasn't that I wasn't making any adjustment below the vocal fold with the breath control, but I was starting with the vowel, allowing the vowel to inform the vocal fold closure. And then the vocal fold closure, having to adapt to that with the breath support I was providing. So that's what I kind of call upside down support or upside down vocal support. And it's uh, what Ken Bozeman talks about in his book is translatal pressure difference. So finding a balance between the difference in air or in pressures above and below the vocal folds, right? And a great way to explore this is SOVTs. And my favorite SOVT, two of my favorite SOVTs to explore this on are the straw and the blowfish. You probably don't have a straw in your hand right now. If you do, please let's be friends and send me a direct message and just tell me why you live your life with a straw in your hand all the time. Um, <laughs> but I admire it. But if you don't have a straw in your hand right now, put your thumb in your mouth like this and, and puff your cheeks out as if you're blowing out the birthday candles like this. And so a little bit of air is escaping around the thumb. That's the blowfish with the thumb. Now, that's you creating pressures above the vocal folds, right? Then there's pressure below the vocal folds. So let's feel that. So you're going to put your hand on your lower abdominal wall. So nice and low, just above the pubic bone. And you're going to go, again, blowing the air like this. Do you feel the interaction in the lower abdominal wall when you do that? Do you feel a little engagement, a bit of contraction in the muscle? So that's the dance, that's the conversation happening between the pressure above and below my vocal folds. It's very nice. And we can really hack registration, access to mix, access to belt, stability in the voice, control in that mid part of the range through coming back to what I kind of imagine as a ground zero, which everything is hinging on this translatal pressure difference, like how the voice is going to flow and work. So then you can add vocalization to it. As we move through the pitches, the, it, that's affecting the pressure levels that are required. And so the ab wall is like kind of interacting with that as to should be the pressure above the vocal folds. Play around with that, explore that, but the blowfish is a really useful one for me to come back to, or the straw for a singer who's getting clunky in the registration, they're flipping over, they're a bit wobbly in the mix, and I'm like, hang on, we need to iron out your registration here, and we need to iron out what the pressures are doing above and below the vocal folds, so that the vocal fold closure is as optimal as possible. So that's really my go-to. We kind of strip it all down to that and then we put the vowel back in and the resonances back in again. Yeah, that's my idea for upside down vocal support. I hope that's helpful. So the next tip is on artistry and I want to discuss songwriting again. Writers will do anything to defer writing <laughs> or to put off writing. It's a really hard, deep task it requires a lot of your concentration and creativity and sometimes can be a fruitless expedition. You sit down and you don't come up with anything good, but it's probably the most important aspect of your artist career coming up with a good song 
there nothing can out but songwriting needs to be your core activity if you want to be an artist now if you want to be a singer who's hired to sing in a studio sing at a wedding sing um on stage in a musical don't worry about it and and have a good time and continue to obsess about your voice and become the most perfect singer ever in the world right great if you want to be an artist and record your own music and potentially tour it and have fans you have to be able to write now of course you can get writers for you i mean that's very standard especially in the pop industry but i definitely wouldn't be relying on that to shake out (laughs) uh you might get that eventually when people recognize that you are an artist and you can you know you've you've done the startup work on your artist career and i imagine that many of the people listening to this and watching this podcast are startup artists so what i'm trying to say or what i'm noticing because anyone that's a fan of what i do is probably a voice nerd they, they, they love the depth of information that we went into on that last segment about transglottal pressure difference right they're into that right if you're into that there is a likelihood that you are going to overlook some of the other priorities in your artist task list and the top priority in your artist task list is songwriting and i can see singers ending up getting way too preoccupied with their voice being absolutely perfect before they record before they release before they even write and i'm like how your voice sounds is such a small piece of this pie we have to zoom out here and look at all of the other aspects that are going to make you a really successful music artist the number one thing is songwriting and this is just my encouragement today to write and write and write and write and write better songs are going to come from more volume of writing and don't be afraid of learning how to use logic or DAW collaborating with people and you need to get as many bad songs out of your system like do not think that the first second third tenth twentieth song you're going to write is your hit you've got to get a lot of songwriting out before you start going oh I'm finding my thing I'm getting into my stride Now, the other upside of songwriting for your singing voice, my problem with my singing voice or my dislike for my singing voice is that I wish I could overcome this, to be honest. I wish I had a better psychology about my own singing. But to share with you what I hear when I hear my singing voice and what I don't like is like, I sound like I'm thinking. I sound like a vocal coach. And I hate that about my singing voice. I hate to say hate, but it really um, pulls my attention and I'm like, ugh. But I have moved away from that at one point in my life. It was like 2018. And I decided to kind of break away from teaching altogether for a year. And I just wanted to write music and I just wanted to record. And I ended up recording an album. And I started to get into the voice I wanted to have and how I got into the voice that I wanted to have technically, artistically, performatively was through songwriting. My own songwriting was teaching me the best way for me to produce my voice, the best way for me to sing because I was 
being intuitive about how the melodies I was writing. And I was also stripping away so much of the, it should be this and it should be that. And all of the kind of conditioning that had come about from college and that like, you know, if it wasn't, if it didn't have this vibrato in it and if it didn't have this belty thing here. And I just stripped all of that away and went back to the singer I was before any of that occurred when I first discovered when I wrote my very first song when I first started to learn how to play chords on the piano at home when I was like 10 or 11 and I was like oh my god I have a soul what's happening <laughs> and I like went back to that moment in time and I was like oh yeah I this is the pure stuff and um and my voice sounded better than ever it was the best my voice ever sounded in my opinion because I feel like I had that songwriting gave me that access to that more purity and of course all of the technique helps and supports but that wasn't dominating the sound it was much purer than that and so what I'm trying to say is for you to sound artistic for you to find your vocal identity and for you to find your best technique and your best singing voice you're going to access that through songwriting I think a little bit more than covering. So our pro tip today is know what you want. This is really hard for people. And what I've noticed in myself and in the students that I work with, we get hella clear um, at the beginning of our journey. So like when I take on a student, a pro vocal artist, it's just like, crystal clear because we've done a lot of calls talking through everything setting goals uh, questioning things finding out the deepest why about everything and we're like we're clear we're good let's go and we move onto the road or we get onto the map and we start moving ahead and distractions opportunities other people's opinions doubt start pushing the student off the map and all of a sudden they're uh, they, they're just worried about the wrong thing. They spend energy on things that aren't helpful or useful. They're shaping their goals around some new opportunities that have come in and some advice they've gotten from other sources or some just other things that are taking them off the path. And I see my job as a mentor on Pro Vocal Artist to be the blinkers for everyone. I'm like, we've decided the thing that you want now you have to just put one step in front of the other and move slowly towards that. We may need to pick up boulders and move them out of our way. Like let's say you don't have a skill set on DAW, then we might need to just spend time on DAW and move that out of the way. Or let's say there's something that you need to wrap up at your nine to five job. Well, we might gonna ha we're gonna have to go over there and make sure that's solidified so you get the promotion, so you have more income, so you can focus on moving forward here, right? So there are some boulders we're gonna have to pick up and move out of the way to go forward. But there are sometimes these opportunities and shiny things that come into your world or people's like advice or opinions that you're like, oh, that's the way. Oh, I need to do that. And next thing you know, you're kind of shaping your goals to cater for somebody else's goals or somebody else's ideas or somebody else's needs for, from you like how good are we at meeting somebody else's deadline and how crap are we at meeting our own deadlines and so the other thing that I'm good at or I've become good at over time is saying no like people who are going to do well and make a success of something and and getting success in music this is a tough industry you have got to think about yourself like a executive level productivity approach mindset you know because you're probably working a nine-to-five job and doing artistry on top of this so you're not normal 
you can't act normal, right? You've got to behave like a high achiever on a day-to-day basis during the week. I'm sorry. And so if you're conforming to the normality of your social circle and family and friends and peers, this artist thing is going to take forever if if not never happen. Okay? So you do have to kind of think and be different to achieve this kind of unusual success. You get dragged into other opportunities. You're like, "Oh, I can't say no to this." And I'm like, "Yes, you can." Now, if it does align with the goal with the mission with the plan with what you said you wanted then yay say yeah fine but it's got to be a hell yeah and it's got to be aligned and it can't take us off the the map unless you want to delay if you want to delay getting to the goal i understand but make sure that that's a conscious decision make sure that anything you bring in is going to delay us arriving at the destination and i just think that people need that kind of i suppose it's like a discipline it's a strength to be able to say no to these things but yeah really considering taking time not saying quick yeses not being in like watch out for being in people pleaser mode and you have to be selfish if this is what you want you've got to be like this is all sites all eyes are on this and i may have to disappoint some people i would encourage you to get comfortable with being disliked i don't think i'm the most popular person with many people but I think they respect me like they're like fair enough she knows what she wants she's doing her thing fair dues but they might be like but I wish she'd come play I wish she'd hang out I wish she'd say yes to this project I wish she'd collaborate with us on this thing and I'm just like I can't or like there are so many clients that come to me they're like I just want a one-on-one singing this and I'm like I could technically do that but I'm so focused on exactly what I'm doing right now I don't want anything to take my energy or my attention away from it and they might come away from that being like god she's very over the top isn't she she's very like all or nothing and I have to be okay with coming back with that kind of annoying answer but that's the way that I'm going to get to the place that I want to get to and I'm kind of building up that muscle of having the courage to be disliked is going to be helpful when you're putting yourself out there because when you put yourself out there the more people see you the more likely it's going to be that people disagree with you or don't like what you said and that's okay that's absolutely fine and having this courage to be disliked and focus on just doing exactly what you want and following your mission following your plan is going to be such a superpower for you as an artist you're you're going to come up against people not liking you online when you start sharing when you start getting more popular i have plenty of (laughs) i mean there's a couple of my shorts on youtube some on tiktok but i feel like more on youtube where there's just an absolute scrap in the comments (laughs) i'm like oh my god okay people think that i'm really evil that i'm you know a bad teacher i'm negligent and they're taking some of my comedy sketches at face value um and I, I'm not going to put any energy into being drawn into those conversations. And initially it was like, oh, I hated seeing it. I was getting those comments as notifications on emails. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I better take the video down. Oh my God, this is bad. This is so bad. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God, I'm so, how have I misread the situation so badly? How have I been so insensitive? How, and I just felt terrible about myself. Like I totally messed up. And eventually I started going, but 
actually like it's 80% positive feedback or 90% positive feedback or even more right it's majority positive and there's a couple of negative things that are you know that's taking my attention the most and I kind of moved past it and now when those negative comments come in I'm like I really don't mind I'm absolutely fine I'm 100% confident and happy with all of that content that I put out there that I'm like that's me that's my idea that's my uh, video I'm like signed off on it I'm good and anyone that comes back to me with negativity about it I'm just like you've you don't like me that's fine you don't get it that's fine you have another agenda you just like putting hateful things on on the internet that's fine but when you get my point is when you get to this place of not caring like it literally being water off your back water off a duck's back is the saying isn't it yeah it just being like you not having any emotional spike in any way to seeing a negative comment on a video you're like oh my god I have arrived this is the level of confidence I have always dreamed of being and stepping into like what else could I do if I cannot be phased by that and that's what I want for you I want you to be just absolute boss absolute like I am signed off on who I am what I do how I sound what I make there it is like it or lump it because I'm busy making the next thing, right? You can have a conversation about whether or not you like it. Meanwhile, I'm not putting any energy into that feedback loop. I'm over here making a new song. That's what I want for you. So know what you want. Song, right, song, right, song, right, song, right. Nothing can substitute that. No perfect technique, no perfect production, no perfect marketing strategy. Your song is everything. So write the best song you possibly can. And that comes through writing many songs. And then the first point, upside down vocal support. Get the vowels. You cannot lose with playing around with vowels because vowels is acoustic science and science is you know you it's it's a law of physics you can't argue with it i hope that this has been helpful thank you so much for watching oh my goodness my battery is going to die in the camera bye